Hello, my name is Christine Murray, Editor-in-Chief of The Developer, and welcome to The Developer Podcast, where we talk about how to make cities worth living in, which often has to do with the spaces between the buildings as much as the buildings themselves. Today, I'm so pleased to be speaking to the founders of Urbanistas, a women-led network celebrating its 10th anniversary. Urbanistas has grown to have chapters all over the world. Its model amplifies women's voices and ideas about how to make better cities. One of their founding principles is to grow women's leadership skills and capacity to start their own urban projects and empower them to realize their ideas. Let's listen in. So my name's Leanne and I'm the founder of Urbanistas and I'm also director of MEND, which is a social sustainability consultancy and infrastructure advisory. I work on built environment projects and I work to uh, enable better social outcomes from those projects. I've also got an interest in um, the spatial self, which is a project that I've started to really explore the city that lives in our heads. So understand our emotional and memory um, aspects of cities and how we how we live in them and the experience we have there. Cool. Hi, and I am Rachel Fisher. I am the co-pilot of Urbanistas. Um, And in my day job, I am the deputy director for land use policy at DEFRA, which is the um, UK government department looking at environment, uh, food, rural affairs, that, that kind of thing. But my background's very much in the built environment. So I've worked across basically every policy area to do with um, cities. Um, and what brought me into that was just a, a real love of understanding how people interact with cities um, and how the way that we design cities kind of shapes the way that they interact with each other. So that kind of like circular loop between cities and people. So we're here to celebrate an anniversary for Urbanistas. And I think for people who don't know what Urbanistas is or what they've been busy doing all of these years, it'd be really great to get an introduction. You know, how do you guys define Urbanistas and um, and and really about that uh, celebration, that anniversary? Sure. So Urbanistas is um, a network for amplifying women's ideas about making cities better for everyone. It's a platform for engaging women to bring those ideas to the table and then inviting collaboration amongst other women, but also beyond that, to make those ideas come to life uh, and and actually happen. So we uh, started 10 years ago and uh, in that time we've grown from our sort of humble beginnings in London to several chapters, not only around the UK, but um, globally. And um, it's really a testament to our model, which is about literally bringing women together in a room, uh, all sharing a passion for cities and all wanting to to make them better. So we're celebrating our 10th birthday next Wednesday. We have a celebration that's being hosted by ING Media, uh, which is very kind of them. And we're bringing together urbanistas um, from uh, the very beginning uh, uh, in our origins, which was our very first meet with um, urbanists that have joined joined our sort of network over the years and also people who are just interested in learning more about, about urbanists. So it sounds, you know, very serious, right? You're coming together in a room to talk about cities, but that's not really the way that it plays out. So maybe, um, I don't know, Rachel, why don't you jump in and tell us a bit about what happens when these women come together? Sure. Um, the other thing I was going to say is what's really exciting is that we've also got one of our other chapters celebrating their birthday um, on the same night. So um, in Manchester, there's going to be the Northwest's third birthday party as well. So I think what's really exciting is that we're able to kind of tap into a network that 
as Leanne says, goes across um, the UK, but also globally with um, chapters in Australia and Rotterdam and, and in other places as well. So the, the simplicity of the model is really just that what we do is we organize uh, meets, which means that we have kind of three women come and pitch an idea and we limit the number of people that can be in the room for that because we find that actually having a, a more intimate conversation of around kind of 20, 25 people is, is about as much as you can do. Um, and so what happens is a, a woman will pitch her idea and then everybody else in the room will comment, will commit to supporting the, those ideas being taken forward. And actually, it's mostly just quite a lot of fun with, you know, some wine and some crisps and maybe some guacamole and just and, and a lot of and a lot of chatting and also you know, a lot of laughter, sometimes tears, sometimes just like really difficult things that people want to work through together. Um, but but what's clear is that the the model, um, once you've been to an urbanist's meet, you tend to want to come to more urbanist's meets. They tend to sell out and you tend, and it, and it kind of takes on a, a sort of snowball effect. And then most of our chapters have actually been set up by women who've moved from London or Manchester to kind of other places. And then actually, do you know what? I want to be able to create a community of like-minded people um, in my town, in my city, in my place. Um, and so the magic is actually also kind of what happens outside, outside those meets and the relationships that, that get formed. I'd say there's so, really nice, sorry to interrupt. I, I'd say there's just this really lovely atmosphere and, and vibe in an urbanistas meet, which if I could bottle it, I think, you know, we'd, we'd be instant billionaires. Uh, I, and I can't I've been trying to put my finger on what that is over the years and it's a mixture of um just just the, the sheer energy in the room and and the the uniqueness of being in a room that's just women talking about cities and, and in my kind of career over the years I, I don't think that's ever ever happened uh before where I found myself in a room just full of women and there's just something really special about that so it's part that energy, but it's part the affinity that is that is um, developed between those women in that room, where you're 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 asking them to be a little bit courageous about opening up, and it could you know put you in quite a vulnerable, a safe but vulnerable uh, position where you're articulating why you care so much about cities and what you want to do to to change them and bring that positive change. So you're you're kind of laying yourself bare often in a room where you, of women that you may, may never have met, but there's something really um, safe in that room in it that allows women to open up, which I, do, I, do, I certainly haven't felt in, in any other kind of um, event or, or, or platform that, that allows women to do that. So for me, it's, it's a mixture of that. And then also just the, the, the positivity as well in the room where you're listening to women talk about things they really, really care about, they're really motivated by, and you can't help but share and you can't help but but chime with that. So there's this just this lovely energy that that uh, that uh, gets sparked, and you, you sort of leave with this huge buzz, this huge high afterwards, which can last for days. So it's it's a lovely tonic. It's wonderful. Tell me about the pitches. Do you have some examples for me? It's like what are some of the things that people are putting out there? Oh gosh, I mean it's really broad. I mean I, again, I think that's what's so wonderful about urbanists is the sheer diversity of ideas that come through um, and the diversity is a, is a really important theme because um, urbanists isn't necessarily about people from the built environment and that's really important because it takes all sorts to make a city um, so the core um, the core thing that binds us all is this passion for cities so you could be a journalist you could work in the care sector you could be a charity uh, work in a charity um, so it's not necessarily uh, it's not necessary for you to be from a built environment profession. So 
that's important. And for that reason, the ideas that we get are so diverse. I think, um, Rachel, you might remember when we went to the inaugural uh, meeting of the um, uh, Manchester, um, uh, sorry, the Liverpool chapter, uh, and we we had um, some pitches there. I think one of them was um, to develop the first LGBTQ um, um, residential home which was just uh, a really wonderful idea, which has really stuck with me over the years. But also but if, with uh, with with uh, Liverpool, we also had Home Baked, which became a CLT, which became a community land trust in Anfield. And actually, I mean, that's the other thing is that some of the ideas go somewhere really, really big. And some of the ideas are actually ideas that people want to kick around. So we had one um, where an architect sort of said, why is it that we're all kind of connected to screens all the time when the thing that made us all want to be architects is that we really love cities? And so she had this like great kind of presentation of just um, architects working at their screens compared to kind of dairy cows in a milking parlor. <laughs> and it was just this sort of like, what do we do to break ourselves free of this cow-based milking parlor situation? <laughs> and it was just a kind of meditation on kind of like what it is to work in an office really. Yes, but I do. does speak to ideas of creative extraction and, you know, this idea of mass production in design and, you know, and, and lots of things that architects really didn't sign up for when they when they got started. So when these pitches are presented, do you, you know, what is that? Um, you talked about how the expectation after that is that people will pledge their support. What, what does that mean and how does that manifest itself? That's a really good question. So, um, and this harks back to the, the um, urbanist's model and why it's uh, structured the way it is. So the premise of the pitches is that you have, you, you outline your project and it could be anything, as we've said, it could be uh, something that um, is about delivering something or it could be a piece of research, but whatever it is, we ask the picture to articulate um, a clear and specific ask at the end. And it's, it's their ask for help or it's an ask for support or whatever it is. We ask them to uh, clearly articulate that at the end. And the reason we do that, I think, is because um, it's easy. And certainly for me over the years, I've really, I, I'm one, uh, somebody that would struggle to ask for help. It's To me, it's always been uh, something that is uh, seen as a sign of weakness. And that's completely wrong because I think actually it can be very empowering. Um, asking for help isn't a sign of weakness at all. It's about understanding what you need to take the next next step. So we, we frame it in a really positive way. And having made that ask, it's for the collective audience in that room to answer that ask. And that's also really empowering um, for the askee, I've just made that word up, um, to be able to offer their experience, their support, their connections, their resources. And you can see as soon as that ask is made, you can see the, the people in the room just thinking, oh, my goodness, you need to talk to this person or, oh, my goodness, have you read this? And that energy, people just start bouncing and sparking off. It's brilliant. So um, how empowering is that? So uh, what we ask then is for that for that ask to be a genuine ask and for the, the support that's offered to be genuine support, because there's nothing worse than someone going, yeah, yeah, I can help you with that. And then it massively, it just evaporates. So there has to be follow up. And that's why it's really important that we have the roundup emails, which which kind of record and codify what was the conversation, what was the ask, what was the um, pledge of support and that there's follow up afterwards. And, and that can that doesn't necessarily have to be reported. You know, this isn't about um 
reporting things. It's it's about the that that supports the networking that happens outside the room, the magic that uh, Rachel mentioned earlier. And do you have you documented over those ten years some of the things that have come out of it? I mean, you mentioned uh, home baked, but are there other pledges or pitches and pledges that became something bigger than than that night? I think this isn't an obvious in for the Office for Displaced Designers. So this is this is a wonderful project that um, that came through. I was actually on maternity leave and I, I kind of missed out on this one. But I know, Rachel, you, you were really closely on this one. So, yeah. So a few years ago, um, gosh, I think it was probably about 2016, I would have thought. Um, Shireen Alnashi came um, to one of our expo meets and it was uh, she was pitching the idea of the Office of Displaced Designers and effectively what had happened is she had this is kind of during the Syrian refugee kind of the height of the Syrian refugee crisis going into Greece and she'd gone out with a major kind of NGO to do some kind of voluntary relief work um, and had found that actually there was a lot of there were a lot of people that um, had design qualifications who had an interest in design who weren't able to use that. And particularly, this was a, a major issue for, for men who were, you know, they didn't have the kids to look after in the way that their wives did. So it was kind of like, what, what do we do with our time and our skills and, you know, that kind of stuff. And so she, she and another woman um, set up this thing called the Office of Displaced Designers, which was about kind of bringing, bringing people together, working um, in, a, in a refugee camp in Lesbos to kind of start to redesign areas of the camp and to, and, and to really just kind of give people a kind of sense of, a sense of self, basically. And so she came and she sort of said, you know, we've set this thing up, but we don't have a business plan. We don't have any kind of like kind of fundraising strategy. And, and we all just sort of said, right, okay, you know about fundraising, you know about business planning and what can we do to help? So this is a, um, a project which is still going um, in Lesbos and has been kind of raising funding and supporting people. And, and it's just really a nice example of a very grassroots thing that has had a huge impact, I think, on you know people's on people's lives, and something that again, it's like not just urbanists working in London on London things, but this has a, a much further-reaching kind of kind of impact, really. What an amazing um, story! I wanted to ask around that ten-year trajectory. Has the person coming to Urbanistas changed? I mean, you've obviously probably uh, changed. I mean, where were you at at that very beginning, uh, ten years ago? And um, and who you know is are the same Urbanistas turning up to the same events, or are you know is there a, a particular um, heartland Urbanista at which this is um, most powerful? I think the urbanista story probably goes back uh, beyond 10 years, doesn't it, Rachel, when we were um, having that conversation uh, way back in this time about uh, Regeneratrix. Um, to answer your question, though, uh, the, the origins of urbanistas are really tied with the origins of, of MEND, which was the business I created back in 2010. And I, I, 18 months in, I, I was really struck by the amount of support and generosity I was getting from people um, with and patience with me as a, as a, as a new business owner um, in um, creating a business in the first place. Um, you know, it's a daunting thing to do. It can be quite lonely when you're doing it on your own. And um, but I kept encountering uh, these amazing women in the course of that and, and certainly throughout my career, really, um, who were willing to spend their time and, and um, an encouragement um, for, for what I was trying to do. And I always, always came away from those discussions feeling utterly inspired by these women and just thinking, God, you know, you're, you're amazing. 
Um, and but also at, this, at the back of my head, just going, why have I not seen you? At, you know, why why aren't I reading about you all the time? Why aren't I encountering your ideas? Why why aren't they out there? Why don't I hear you talking about these ideas and your and and, not, and just your take on things? You know, and um, after it happened so so many times, I just started to think this is you know this is silly. There's 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 so many of these women out there. What can what can I do about this? And I just I just I just remember being on my sofa and thinking, well, why don't we all get together? It's as simple as that. Why don't we just all get in a room? So um, I sent an email to about a dozen women that I'd met um, uh, over that time, including Rachel, and suggested that we just get together, you know, on the premise that, you know, of nothing at all, really, just on the basis that we shared this affinity for cities and that we were really good at collaborating. We're really good at getting things done. Very positive um people so I thought well you know if anything it's just a, a good opportunity to have a glass of wine together um and so we did we we held our first meet and it was at HOK Architects and I do recall the last lady to turn up um she was a bit flustered and she was a bit late and uh yeah came in apologizing and uh, but did say that actually on arrival at the reception desk, uh, the gentleman there said, oh, you must be here for the, for the yoga class. Yeah, there's a yoga class, I think, that's going on. And we were like, wow, oh, my God, this is why we're doing this. This is ridiculous. You know, a group of women coming together couldn't possibly be talking about cities, could they? So that that was hilarious and, and really set the tone for the rest of the meet. And it took two hours to go around the table to introduce each other and say why we're interested in cities. Why why were you motivated to come here at all? It's your evening. You don't have to. Um, and that was amazing because you could see again the affinity, the connections, the sparks going on. And that really set the the model for why we spend. We dedicate at least half an hour to every meet doing that. And it's really important. It's important because um, it gets you talking about yourself. And I find it really hard to do. I find it really hard to say who I am and what I do. Um, and that means that if you come to a meet, even if you say nothing else, you've op- you've said something, you, you've arrived, you've said something at the meet. So, um, so you say that out loud? Does everybody in the room yeah. actually vocalise to the whole room or is to it the, to the person to you? And, and I, yeah, and it is really important to be able to say, I said something, you know, and I know that sounds really small, but it's not. It's really important because the thing about urbanist is it's not just about um, coming with your amazing ideas. It's about showing up. It's about being there. It's about um, taking that the courageous step to say, I want to do something beyond my day job. You know, and so urbanist is about leadership, growing leadership skills, growing authentic leadership, helping women discover what that might be for them and and using it really as a sort of um, a playground to explore that. And, and grow and enhance their skills without the pressure being at work. I think an, an interesting thing for me about Urbanistas, because, you know, I've encountered uh, women-led or, or women-focused uh, networks before, but not all of them go on to have chapters and, you know, be able to kind of spring up in other places as a model. They're often so focused around the identity of the founders or the founders themselves that that they struggle to have another life. So, you know, how did the first chapter happen? And, you know, how did you come up? What is it about this model? Do you think that that somebody could tomorrow, you know, check out your website and and set up another one? And was it hard to let go, too? I think it's always a process of letting go, like parenting. <laughs> Just take little steps away. But I think one of the one of the things that's great is that 
the, the simplicity of the model. It's literally just like, do you have some crisps and some beverages and possibly some people with ideas? And you probably do know lots of people with lots of ideas that are kind of looking for a forum to have those conversations. Um, and so it's, it's just kind of giving voice and giving a, a platform, as Leanne said, to, to, to people wanting to, wanting to pitch stuff out there. And we've had loads of feedback in the past of people kind of going, you know what, I then I went to work and in a meeting, I actually put my hand up and I said, I don't agree with this or I really agree with this and I would like to build on it. And so it's, it's been really effective at kind of that interpersonal kind of stuff um, as well. And, you, and, and I think, again, it's just, it's, it's such a simple model. And one of the reasons why I think it's gone on for 10 years and we keep having new chapters springing up, you know, regularly and 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 it's and it's also worth saying and observing that we've also had chapters not work you know we've had things that have kicked themselves off and then actually do you know what they've just sort of like declined and that's fine too I don't think we need to judge success by kind of forever growing forever developing I think you know things change people's lives and priorities change um I think it was what year one or two maybe um and we started talking to a couple of the women in the in, in the London network to sort of say well, this is getting to be a little bit more than we can possibly do by ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Would you mind buying some crisps and like we'll organize this? And and it's been kind of a process, particularly in London, of sort of of sort of moving away. And I what I've observed um, is that when we started, there was a much, there there was a decent age range of 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 women. Um, I would say we were kind of in the middle. And then I think that we've gotten older and the average age range of the urbanists has largely stayed the same. So I think that there's also this point um, in the kind of like early mid career where like you've done a few jobs, you kind of know what you're doing, but what you really want is to kind of then be able to kind of reach up and look out and say, well, what else is out there? And, and to really kind of reach into a, into a, into building your network in that way. Um, and a lot of really lovely informal mentorship has, has grown out of this and formal mentorship, but has grown out of this process as well. Um, yeah. And I, and I think it's been a kind of interesting process for Leanne and I, because we are both kind of doers and we get stuff done and, and then we kind of keep coming back to urbanists and going we could make this the world bestriding colossus and then we're like actually do you know it's actually really really nice it's doing it's doing, it's doing really do. really it's, well it's, it's, it's a, there is this temptation to go there must be something else we could do with it and actually we always come back to that actually do you know what it's it, yeah. it's just fine and great the way it is and it will evolve itself and that's how it started it evolved it's got to this point if it needs to evolve again it will um, yeah. But but we don't we we don't try and over engineer it. Um, we, and it also, I think it's about reflecting the 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 membership. Um, the membership still really enjoy the expo meets. They really enjoy the socials, and we do other things too. We do film nights. There's book clubs. There've been all sorts of other kind of um, things that 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 sort of happen around those core those core activities. But essentially. Uh, the exporting of the model has been really easy for that reason. It's it's as long as you do these two things, which is focus on the networking, focus on the the uh, bringing together women to share their ideas. We're pretty open about what else you, you want to do. I'm going to ask this um, question on behalf of the listener who will be asked, some of which will be asking these questions. Are men allowed to go to the urbanistas? What is the relationship of urbanistas in the context of men? Will urbanistas cease to exist if the uh, city making world becomes more egalitarian? Um, and all of those uh, questions. 
I'd be happy to say that when we reach an egalitarian point uh, in, in this in this world and then an urbanist comes to an end, I thought it would be a happy ending. I don't think that's going to happen. We've always said that the where women led, and that's really important because it is about um, enabling women to come forward with their ideas and be the lead for that. And we feel that it's really important and unique to have a women-led um, environment, which is something, as I said earlier, I, I just don't find many, if any, opportunities to have. So we keep our expo meets to women only for that reason, so that it's women bringing their ideas and women supporting other women. That peer-to-peer -peer thing is really, really crucial. Outside that, men are able and willing to get involved. And, and we have many um, male supports. Um, uh, we have many men supporting us. We, we like to call them urban misters. Oh, they like to call themselves urban misters. Um, and, and we've been really, really grateful for that support because we're not about excluding men from the conversation or what urban misters is about. They recognise that that space that's for women to grow their leadership is, is really important. And it's not about um, being anti-men at all. And I think that's a really important thing. I mean, I know I've talked to uh, both of you before about this idea of, you know, feminism is defined as equality. It's not defined as anti-male. Um, and I think this I, uh, acceptance too, that often the boardroom or some of the male-led spaces that many of the urbanistas I'm sure work in are hostile spaces to come forward or very difficult or challenging spaces to speak up in. So having a safe space in which to begin to make those arguments and make those cases, I could see that being a really vital um, incubation place for, for the confidence to stand up and, and talk about your passion for cities, uh, you know, and, and maybe practice some of those arguments. And I think that's, that's one of the things that we've always really felt very strongly about is this idea that urbanists is also about being able to blend the professional and the personal. So when you, you know, show up at work, you're showing up not just as kind of, I am a professional planner, but you're also showing up as I am a person, I am a human being who experiences living in a city, living in a place, experiences being with other people and being able to bring that kind of whole self into a place where you're not just kind of using your professional qualification to, to, judge a project or to judge an idea you're also using your kind of wider lived experience is really important and I think also it's it's giving you know as Leanne said that the reason we do all these introductions is by design that is literally so that when you open your mouth early on in a meeting you are more likely to open your mouth later on in a meeting as well and if you bring that into your professional practice as well then that's that's something that that kind of grows and and goes out there it's something I've um started doing in in my team meetings and that kind of thing as well is just sort of thinking about like how do I make sure that everybody's how do I make sure everybody's at the table and properly at the table and talking and I think Urbanistas has been a really good way of supporting everyone to to do that a little bit more and a little bit better and I think we've also been really clear where we've done public events um, public engagements we've we've always tried to make that as as co-ed as possible what's been really interesting is the reactions of the men in the room who are just like oh I'm quite outnumbered here yes yes you are it is just you you know and it's well how does that feel feels very strange interesting tell me more about your feelings you know and it's it's been a you know and that that kind of being able to kind of hold a space in which men start to kind of identify with women in a different way because it is a women that space that that changes the dynamic in and of itself even when we do do things that are that are more inclusive 
I certainly always found that at the Women in Architecture Awards luncheons, the men would often comment about what it's like to be the 10% in the room. <laughs> and they actually, you know, they're like, I, you know, I like it. You know, I like, it's quite, it's quite new to me though. It's very unusual. <laughs> so I think it is kind of an experience that if you're not accustomed to can be perhaps revealing. So it's, it's bound to lead to this question. Whenever you have an anniversary, you've just done 10 years, you're looking forward to the next 10 years. What are your dreams for urbanistas um, over the coming years? Is it more chapters? Is it that, um, that global expansion? Is it, um, you know, is it collecting together those pitches or, you know, or what are your, what are your hopes? I think, I think you're right. I think um, we've got such a rich legacy of ideas and activity that um, what we've always kind of, I'd say a challenge um, in um, growing a network on zero funding. You know, we, we are purely powered on volunteer and enthusiasm, which is which makes Urbanistas, again, unique and free and open. Um, but it, it comes with the challenge that um, everything we do is is very DIY. So we are very lucky to have had the support uh, of Commonplace to develop a new website. So that's going to mark a real um, departure for us in terms of our, our the sophistication of our comms. And what we've all, what our ideal has always been is to have that kind of as well as the uh, physical space to share and interact and network, which is vital and that will never change. Um, having this online presence where you know we can we can um, grow that interaction beyond the room uh, we can record and we can locate those stories that that legacy of ideas uh, where you know people can visit and view and see see what they are we can create genuine um, inter chapter networking so that's that's the dream and I think um, having that online um, presence will really help us but I think also what um, certainly what happened um, during the COVID-19 pandemic, as many organisations saw, you quickly pivot to having um, uh, getting together over online meets. And we did do that. So uh, the London chapter, uh, the Northwest chapter, and in fact, all our chapters quickly realised that actually, you know, it didn't have to grind to a halt. We could actually have uh, engaged with each other um, using um, Zoom. So we did do uh, quite a few um, events. And actually what was interesting was um, we changed the focus of them and we picked a we picked a theme and we had a discussion and a show and tell around a theme. And I, I'd like to see that continue uh, as well as the sort of uh, the face-to-face meets because let's face it, not all of us have time to, to necessarily um, go to something in the evening. We're not necessarily in uh, the office five days a week anymore, so it might not be convenient. Um, and so it enables women um, who've got um, lots of pressures on them to still participate. It might also allow some of those uh, chapters to connect with each other, which were geographically divided before, which could be you know, really interesting in a, in a way, bringing that family together. Definitely. So when does the new website launch? Next week. Um, so 18th of May, uh, we will be launching the new website. And I think what we want to be able to do with it is really start to gather together, as Leanne was saying, gather together the chapters, but also gather together the stories. And what the commonplace um, kind of functionality enables you to do is kind of put a pin in where projects are and where urbanistas are and where chapters are. Um, but I think ultimately, you know, the whole point is that urbanistas has always been a little bit punk in its sensibility, right? So it's just a bit, it's a bit DIY. It's a bit from scratch. We don't really want to change that because that's sort of what works for it. I think we all do a lot of very corporate things in our day jobs. 
Um, and, and so having this space that can just evolve really naturally. So my dreams for Urbanista, for Urbanista is kind of in the next 10 years, is that A, in 10 years time, um, well, hopefully I'm still involved with it, but also that like it has evolved in a way that I, I can't foresee now. That, that I'm not sort of that saying, oh, and, you know, here's my 10-year business plan. Because in 10 years, urbanistas could be something completely different um, that, that will just, like, delight and surprise me, which I'm kind of looking forward to. I'm not going to let her escape, so that's, <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Um, but I think it's also worth saying that we're in, I think, certainly for the London chapter, maybe our fifth or sixth generation of chapter leads. Uh, so I'd like to see that continue in terms of, What's so lovely is, first of all, so a member saying, actually, I'd really like to get more involved. I'd really like to join the, chat, the, the, the team, which is wonderful for, you know, the courage of stepping up and, and uh, all that brings, which is brilliant. Um, but also equally, after, you know, two, two years, perhaps, getting to the point where they feel like they're ready for them to, to move on to their next role. And I think it's fair to say that, there's a sense of nervousness in, in, in saying, oh, I think I, I think I, 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 want, I don't want to be a chapter lead anymore. I want to move on. Like that's a terrible thing, but actually it's a wonderful thing. It shows they've reached that point and that that, that role has given them that uh, opportunity to grow their leadership skills, to, to learn, to develop. And that's, it's, it's to be celebrated that, that they got to that decision to, to move on. So I, I really want that to continue. I think our chapter leads are amazing. We wouldn't be here without them. Um, but it, it, as, a, as a way of growing them, I think that, that, would, that would be wonderful if we can keep that going. I, I like the idea of it being a little bit punk, a little bit DIY. I think it's one of the things that must make it feel accessible to people too. If it was too shiny and professional, you might be intimidated to stand up and say something and join or take on the chapter lead even. But I'm sure more funding wouldn't be amiss. Would you be open to partners reaching out if you wanted uh, to undertake any any projects or um, and also to bedding urbanistas, what's the best way for them to connect with you and and go forward? So funding um, is, is something that I think all um, projects and activity needs to, to sort of power them. What I would say is um, we, we, Rachel and I, in the early days of Urbanistas, were kind of trying to get our heads around this. It's like, what? Do, do urban, so Urbanistas does projects and we realised, well, actually, no, Urbanistas doesn't do projects. We empower and we enable Urbanistas to do projects. So the members to do projects. So we're here to support and enable that. So um, we, we're not we're not a corporate. We we don't have the the sort of structures and the governance facilities to accept funding. And again, we've we've talked numerous times about developing that and always come around to the same answer that actually that's not that's not what we're here for. So I think um, in it, it being able to support the actual members to do their work and to to power and facilitate what they want to do. That would be amazing. And if, if anyone is out there who's interested in exploring that with us, we would we would always we'll always be uh, welcoming those sort of conversations. That just leaves me to give you my huge congratulations for the amazing achievement, um, 10 years of Urbanistas and all of those chapters and all of those people who have walked in that door pitched and been gathered together. It's a huge thing to celebrate. I hope you guys have a brilliant celebration next week and um and thank you for being here to talk to me about it today thank you so much thanks so much for having us thanks for listening our podcast is produced by simon mercer with music by fortet 
If you like what you hear, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash thedeveloperuk. You can sign up to our newsletter on our website, thedeveloper.live, and check out our live events on making more sustainable and equitable places at festivalofplace.co.uk. Thanks a lot. See you next time.